Hello, hello everybody. I'm Michelle Archibald and this is I'm Doing My Fucking Best, a mental health podcast for anyone and everyone. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about therapists and the fact that they are only humans. And why are we doing this? Um, so I used to assume that therapists are these like, all-knowing beings, like gods, who know everything about mental health and what I needed. But to quote the infamous Joe Exotic, guess what, motherfucker? They don't. They are humans just like us, flaws and all. Um, and while their intentions are certainly good, certain therapists may be causing you more harm than good. So for me, this misconception led to years of seeing therapists and psychiatrists that did not match with my needs, and they actually ended up making me feel worse. I just felt like shit after I would see them, which can happen after a session where you're opening up some trauma and stuff like that, but I never felt like I was making any progress. I would even say it made me regress in any progress I thought that I had made on my own. The problem is, at least for me, that when I feel really low and shitty and I'm feeling at my worst, my self-esteem just plummets. Um, it's basically non-existent. So then I start feeling like I can't trust myself. I need someone else to help me make decisions about what I need. This leads to me thinking that therapists should know exactly what I need um, and that I just start trusting them 100% on everything, even if my gut is telling me, mm, I don't think so. So anyways, I end up taking this like godlike persona on and who am I to doubt anything they say? So I'm going to tell you about some of these experiences that I've had with therapists where it wasn't really a good fit for me. Um, and my hope is not to like slander anyone, but to help anyone who feels unheard with their therapists or for anyone who might want to seek therapy in the future, just kind of like red flags to look for. Or if you like the things I describe about these people, things you might like in a therapist. Um, and then afterwards, I'm going to tell you about my current therapist and psychiatrist and why they are my most incredible support team I have ever had, and why I like them, and it's a good match for me. So my first therapist, she cried and would get teary-eyed when I was talking, and that's nice sometimes when you're crying and you need some validation, but this was like every time I talked to her. So then I'm just making me feel broken and pitied when what I needed was someone to kind of help me lift up, feel better, and figure out you know, how to like pull myself out of this. Another therapist I saw, I saw her for quite some time. She would just sit there at the beginning of the session until I said anything. So this would be like sometimes five to ten minutes of awkward silence. Um, and I know this is definitely like a psychological tool that therapists use to get you to like kind of talk about what maybe you're thinking about. But for me, I need someone to kind of prompt me with questions because I don't even know what to talk about when I'm trying to figure things out. Um, that's like part of the problem with the anxiety I have is like, I don't know, I need someone to kind of guide me into the direction and figure it out. Um, this therapist also did not believe in medication and medication ended up being life changing for me once I finally was put on it. Um, so, you know, some therapists might not believe in it and medication is not for everybody, but it definitely is for me. She was also convinced I had some repressed sexual abuse memory. That was the root cause of my anxiety and depression. And then she wanted me to start coming in four to five times a week, which was a completely absurd idea. And it was at that point that I was like, no, this is not what's best for me. I can also guarantee I do not have any sexual abuse history, but she would not believe me. Then a psychiatrist I saw one time, he told me I'd never be in a healthy relationship with a man because of my quote unquote deep seated issues. And he prescribed me Ativan. So if you don't know what Ativan is, it's basically... Um, a medication that makes you very loopy and it will make you sleep very, very deeply. 
So you can't work or function while you're on it. Um, but we'll go into that and other medications in the next episode. I'd also like to report that I am, in fact, in a very healthy relationship. Thank you very much. So this is just another example where, you know, I believed him at the time, but it's not true what he was saying. Um, and I believed him because, you know, he's a doctor and quote-unquote all-knowing, but I can tell you this made me plummet very deeply into the depression I was already having, that believing the thought that I would never be able to be happy, basically. And then I had a psychiatrist who put me on Lexapro, and she ended up putting me on twice the maximum limit. So we'll talk about Lexapro in the next episode, too. She would spend 10 minutes with me, say, I don't understand why you're anxious. Like, go, lady, neither do I. That's why it's a mental health illness, and I'm here. Um, and then she would just up my medication dosage. And so that's how I ended up on that very high dosage. And it was at one point where I was Googling, you know, wow, she has me on a lot of really, really high dosage that she wanted to put me even higher. And I was like, this, this lady is crazy. So I am not going to be doing that. So I left her and that's where I ended up with my current psychiatrist now. So the good stuff. So both my therapist and psychiatrist are named Jennifer. So very good name. So I'll just call them Jennifer therapist and Jennifer psychiatrist. So Jennifer therapist definitely saved my life, like without a doubt. Um, while my brother gave me a reason to live, Jennifer therapist gave me the power to live. She empowered me more than anyone ever has. She was the first person to tell me I was going to be okay and the one to diagnose me with generalized anxiety disorder or GAD for short. So what I like about her is she is so validating, encouraging, and supportive. She helped me untangle my trauma um, and explained to me how I react in certain ways to certain situations is because of how I was raised and how to change that type of reaction and thinking. She taught me coping skills and how to try and rewire how my brain reacts. She also referred me to Jennifer Psychiatrist. So Jennifer Psychiatrist has also been a lifesaver for me, especially recently. Um, she has put me on my medications and made adjustments as needed throughout the years, but she also provides talk therapy herself, which is not very common for psychiatrists to do. They usually just are medications. Um, so I'm very lucky that I have her. And then recently, about two months ago, when my relapse started, I ended up with something called serotonin syndrome from the high doses of Lexapro that my previous psychiatrist had put me on. So basically, Serotonin is a good thing, you know, it makes you happy, but when you have too much, it can cause seizures, brain damage, and or kill you. So she picked up on the early subtle signs that I was having and caught it before anything horrible happened. She's also been available through texting every day, even on the weekends during this past relapse, and has made adjustments to my medications that are very helpful. Um, so for me, these Jennifers and basically what I like in my providers is that they're available without a question during crisis times, which makes me feel like they actually do really care about me and they have my best interest in mind. They are encouraging and validating and they say things like, I'm proud of you or congratulations when I'm telling them something that I've overcome or how I used a coping skill. Um, and so that's something that I personally like. So just how some other providers might be in case these are things you like and might want to look for. Some providers are more blunt and straightforward. Like they're not as gentle, and some people really like that. Some give homework for you to do at home. Some believe in medications, and some don't. Some interrogate you. Some let you speak at will. I like the interrogation, personally. <laughs> um, there's so many types and kinds, and none of these providers are inherently bad. It's just about you finding someone that matches your likes and your needs, 
and makes you feel like you're getting the most out of the sessions. So, you may ask, Michelle, how do I find a good match? Let me tell you what I did. Um, so I tried something called therapist dating. So basically, I signed up for as many appointments as I could with different therapists in a very short span. And basically went on appointment dates with them <laughs> to see how I liked them, how I clicked with them. Um, and this worked well for me because the insurance I was on was pretty good. So a lot of insurance, they will decide how many visits they'll coverage based on a, like a coverage period, like a year. So they'll still be like, you have 25 visits covered in a year. Um, some of them don't tell you how many a week you can do. So that was very helpful for me. Um, and that's how I found Jennifer Therapist. There's also online apps um, that let you try different therapists for flat rate. So I think BetterHelp is one where they charge like $60 a week. Um, and I'm not sure how many times you can see a therapist, but I feel like it's as many times as you want for the flat rate. And you can try different ones on there too. Um, another way I like to look at it is this is like an interview for them too. So you can interview them, quote unquote, on the phone when you're, you're making your first appointment before you even meet them. So, you know, like just in a job, you're just as valuable, valuable to this partnership as they are to you. And you want to make sure you're getting what you need out of it. Um, so don't be afraid to ask them. So what are your methods? Like, how do you typically run a session? Things like that. The last thing, please, please, please remember, you are not obligated to any of these providers. I mean, you got to pay their, their bills, but you don't owe them anything. Like if you don't feel a good connection with them or you don't feel it's helpful, Try someone else. You don't have to keep going to them. This is your health and your life, and you got to advocate for yourself and listen to your gut. And even when you feel like you can't, you can trust yourself, and you do know what is best for you. You are capable of taking care of yourself now and always. And by taking care of yourself, I don't mean on your own. Like, you can reach out for help, like going to a therapist. You're taking care of yourself, but you got to choose one that's right for you. So please always reach out. You don't have to do this on your own. Life is hard. Um, so I hope these shared experiences might help anyone who's looking for a provider or if you're with one and unhappy, different things to look for. So I hope you feel empowered to trust yourself, your decisions, and your needs. And next episode, we're going to discuss what's happening in your body chemically when you have a mental health disorder and how medications can help in some people. It's kind of a medication 101. And to sign off, here is your quote of the day. You have a 100% success rate of getting through the bad times. Have a good one and see you next time.